WTTM 517. Window to the Magic is a member of the Mice Chat Podcast Network. MicePod.com. <laughs> This episode of Paul Berry's A Window to the Magic is brought to you by you. Yes, you. Window to the Magic is supported by its listeners and is totally commercial sponsor free. Just pure, family friendly and kid safe entertainment in stunning binaural sound. It takes a lot to keep this show coming to you and we hope you'll agree that the result is definitely worth the cost. Please support the cause by visiting windowtothemagic.com and signing up for reoccurring support. Together, we can keep the magic alive. You're listening to the windowtothemagic.com podcast. Brought to you by windowtothemagic.com. Surround yourself with the magic. Hello, and welcome to A Window to the Magic. My name is Paul, and as always, I will be your guide through the wonderful world of Disney sound experiences. This show is a weekly trip through the world of the Disney theme parks and resorts, and this is the place where you get to use your ears to surround yourself with the magic. treat to be invited to participate so thank you to the Henson team and um, you know for I don't know about you guys but for me so I love Halloween I love genre I love horror and fantasy and science fiction and people ask me all the time what got you into that how how did you you're such a nice girl why do you like all of these horrifying scary things and my answer really and truly is um, fantasy dark fantasy I grew up in the 80s and and there were these movies that were just captivating and and I was doing some research last night and basically everything that got me into horror from labyrinth to the witches, to the creatures in the never-ending story, to the creatures in the Merlin TV movie, and so many other things were that gateway for me. And Henson and their Creature Shop has been a part of all of that. So give these guys a round of applause. So um, I think we should just 
maybe start by uh, having like a creature shop overview because I think when we think Jim Henson, we all have a personal connection or maybe we, we think of something or a brand or a title automatically. But I'd love to hear from you guys, you know, what, what is the creature shop? Well, the, the creature shop is first and foremost a uh, creative arm for the Jim Henson company. So the, the company's been around for over 50 years now and we've done a great job of creating characters and bringing them to life through the art of puppetry. And the Creature Shop is an integral part of that. Uh, we basically um, work in the areas of film, television, live events, music, advertising, which is actually where Jim got his start in the advertising industry. And uh, now uh, themed entertainment is a new area where we're, we're doing a lot of great projects in. And the Creature Shop is composed of three divisions. We've got the LA Creature Shop, which focuses a lot on the film and TV. Uh, especially uh, in the entertainment industry. And uh, then we've got the New York Creature Shop that does a lot of soft puppets. Uh, they do, uh, who, who watches here, seen Sesame Street? <laughs> they, all those great characters that you see on Sesame Street, uh, that comes out of the New York Creature Shop. The New York Creature Shop is a, an exclusive service provider for uh, Sesame Street. And then we, with our new technology, we've entered the digital world as well, we've got a digital creature shop here in Los Angeles that features our Henson Digital Puppetry Studio system. It basically allows you to animate and perform a digital character in real time. It's a quite impressive system, and it's something we're actually using in a lot of themed entertainment settings. So if, and, uh, if you guys are get, ever get a chance to go visit the East Coast, uh, there's uh, in Hershey's Chocolate World, there's a 3D, uh, 4D interactive uh, digital attraction there that features that technology. So it's, it's pretty impressive, but these guys uh, are, are the heart of the Creature Shop here in Los Angeles. And I need to give a shout out to uh, Courtney and Amy, who are also here from the Creature Shop. They, they, um, they do a great job bringing all these uh, like puppets and uh, creatures uh, to, together. But that's, in a nutshell, what the Creature Shop is. We're, we're a, primarily a, a creative arm for the, the Jim Henson Company and all the internal projects that we do for them, but we also lend our services out to the rest of the entertainment industry. <laughs> and th th this is an example of something that we, we do a lot for the themed entertainment industry, and we'll get into it, but uh, we work on other films, we work uh, in themed entertainment, again, commercials. Uh, there's a lot of commercial campaigns that you guys don't know we do, and, uh, and we're actually the, the creative people behind it. So it's, it's fun to see stuff out there that, that, that people don't quite know that it's our name behind it. Definitely, like what you told me when I, I got a chance to, I'm not trying to uh, brag, but I got a chance to tour the LA Creature Shop. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. But one of the things you guys told me that I didn't, or you told me, Jeremy, that I didn't realize was that the puppets for uh, the Jungle Book, how many of you all saw the Jungle Book? I, pretty much everybody, because that movie made a trillion dollars. But um, while the creatures were CG, if I'm not mistaken, there were puppets there for the, the actor to, to work off of. Is that right? Exactly, yes. And uh, these guys actually worked on it. The, the production on Jungle Book had approached us when they, were, uh, when they started filming, and they wanted puppet references. That, and, and they said that, look, these puppets would never, are never going to appear on screen. This, all the characters here are all CG, but they needed puppet references for the young actor who, pay, who played Mowgli. So we, uh, of us being Jim Henson, we weren't just going to make full mock-ups. We, we went, you know, we, 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 with it, you know, whatever the budget allowed, we took it to the full extent and created these really lovable characters that represented all the characters from Jungle Book. And John, Bobby, I would love to, you know, very briefly, just so everybody knows, can you guys explain what it is that you all do day to day in the Creature Shop? You first, Bob. Um, so I kind of work in all the different departments. Um, the only thing that I really don't do is the mechanics, which is what John does. Um, but I do a lot of the sculpting, um, painting, uh, fabricating, foam fabricating. Um, I make hand puppets. Um, I do a lot of digital sculpting uh, for different projects. Um, you guys that don't, I don't know if you guys recognize uh, Bobby. Well, it's Robert, we call him Bobby at the shop, but he is actually the winner of uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw that show. Uh, uh, as, a, as a winner of the show, 
you got a one-year contract to work at the Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and that was like, what, 2013, 2012? Yeah, we filmed. Yeah, so uh, he's been so great that we, we're not letting him go. Never. So, yeah, never letting him go. John, did you want to weigh in a little bit on what it is that you do every day to day? You've got your apron on, and you were hustling, uh, yeah. setting all this stuff up. Yeah, um, day to day, I, I'm kind of like Bobby. I, I'm around the shop um, doing a lot of different things, um, thus the outfit, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, this is my daily outfit. It never changes. I get goo all over it. I get I weld. I I machine parts. Um, uh, anything you can imagine to to get stuff built. Um, Bobby and I, when we found out we were going to do this appearance, which thank you thank you all for having us too. This is just fantastic. This this whole thing. I hope you guys are having a great time. We are, um, even though it's kind of crazy to get going here. Um, we we decided to make something for this so all these heads you see on this table we made just for this event we these aren't for anything else it's just to kind of show up here and um and kind of show off uh, a theme and the theme was a zombie head that that might be kind of family friendly with different variants <laughs> i don't know if that's true but um there you go but anyway um when we're done here you, you, you know, feel free to come up and see, because I've got different versions, and I left the skin off of one so you can see the mechanical stuff. Um, and um, Venue Magic is a company that we work with, and uh, they're just fantastic folks, and they, they do some of our playback stuff. So we've got a little bit of that to show you today as, as well. But keep in mind that the Jim Henson organization has always been a performance-based company. That's what Jim always wanted it. You know, always envisioned it as so. So that being said, I mean, I know we're going to do some playback, but we are definitely a performance. Uh, it's all about the performance with any character to you know to, to bring it to life. And um, I've been with the company since '91. Dinosaurs was my first show that um, I saw. And it's just been a fantastic ride. And trust me, Jim is. I don't care what anybody says. Jim is always around. And, and trust me, he gets a chuckle out of some of the stuff that we come up with, even today. I know he is. I can feel him all the time. So uh, take it for what that's worth. That's great. And John's got one of the coolest jobs at the shop. Uh, John, you're not bragging hardly enough, but uh, he, his, his job is anything that needs to move, any creature, eyeball, whatever, this guy makes it move. And it's, it's, it's actual magic in his, going on in his labs. So now that we've kind of gotten a, a brief overview of the creature shop, you know, I think we should maybe dive into how Henson has sort of created and facilitated family-friendly scary um, over the years. Now, obviously, I alluded to uh, my favorite movie, Labyrinth, and, and this is obviously the music that we all walked out to, and the witches, and the creatures and the witches, and, and things like that. But I mean, this has been going on, obviously, for a long time. I just, some of the titles that were important to me. Oh, I didn't even mention The Dark Crystal. Hello. So, obviously, Labyrinth, you know, The Dark Dark Crystal, um, you guys did some amazing work on TV with, uh, as I mentioned, the Merlin series, Loch Ness, The Odyssey, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Secret of the Ooze, uh, which was obviously a huge part of my childhood. Um, and then even through there, you know, Mirror Mask. How many of you guys have seen Mirror Mask? Oh boy. Please, this is, they're not telling me to say this, but please go home and rent slash purchase Mirror Mask because it's a beautiful adaptation of a Neil Gaiman story. But to me, it is that family-friendly, you know, sometimes scary, but very magical, but, but very real coming-of-age story. And of course, I have to mention where the wild things are. Um, yeah, please. Um, and, uh, and coming into the Jungle Book. So, you know, those are just a handful of titles, but I, you know, would you guys let Jeremy, do you want to start off by maybe speaking to uh, the idea of family friendly scary? Because I feel like nowadays maybe it's harder to do. The 80s were obviously a different time, and even the 90s, and with something like dinosaurs, which was, I would say, pretty subversive for a kid's show, but obviously creative and wicked and sweet. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about, about the process through the years. Well, I, you know, for, it's funny you say family-friendly scary, and I think the reason why it's, we've been able to achieve family-friendly scary is because we use the art of puppetry. You, you take, for example, 
I'm going to start showing you guys some stuff. Well, um, uh, characters from uh, Dark Crystal. Are you guys able to see the, the Skeksis? Oh, great. So uh, you, you take the Skeksis uh, from Dark Crystal. Uh, you know, these are some of the most terrifying and horrendous looking creatures. But through the art of puppetry, you know, knowing that they're puppets, it, 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 it allows you to, you know, handle it a little bit better. It's like, like knowing that they're puppets makes it kind of feel safe. Um, it, it, even taking a look at, like, you know, more Skeksis, Agra. Agra is terrifying, you know. Uh, but knowing that I was a puppet, like, you could accept it, you could handle it. Uh, Frank Oz was once quoted as saying that Jim Henson uh, provided young audiences the opportunity to face their, their fears in a safe environment. Uh, so much so that parents, and again, it goes along with our brand, parents have come to expect when they see the Jim Henson name uh, on any kind of property that it's gonna be safe and accessible for their kids. Uh, it, like with, with Labyrinth, I wanna show you guys a photo of, of well, look at the characters in, in, in the, the goblins from, uh, from Labyrinth. I, I don't know who remembers that scene when uh, they were appearing and disappearing. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. I, think every, I think everybody remembers yeah, every know, scene from Labyrinth. Before, before, they, took, before they took the, 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 the little baby, like, that to me was terrifying. Like, these little characters just, because as growing up as a kid, those are the things that scared you. Like, it's what you didn't see that scared you the most. And, you know, like, knowing that they were puppets, I know for me, when I saw it, I was like, oh, these are puppets. Uh, I was even talking to my nephew about it earlier, who's 12, and he was like, oh, it's just makeup, it's, it's fine, they're not really that scary. Like, you, once you know that, you're, you're able to really feel more comfortable with it. And, you know, if you take another character like the junk lady, I know Clark, that was a favorite of yours. I love the junk lady. I wish I could have a doll of her with all of her accessories. <laughs> yeah. Even now, that's not little kid me. That's like, right now. Like the, Ludo. Ludo. Ludo is right. a great example. Like this is a prototypical, like <laughs> this is the, as a child, this is what you would, what you used to run into your mom and dad's room and say, "There's a monster in my closet." Like you would picture a monster like Ludo. But because he was so lovable and we gave him a personality through puppetry and through performance, the suit performer in there, it was a different kind of character. Like you instantly fell in love. Well, even the fire gang who you just had a little quick, yeah, this, these guys, oh, I love them so much. I, their song is so yeah. good. But the idea, their eyeballs are popping out. Yes. They're throwing their heads up in the air. They're juggling their limbs. Like, this is messed up, but it's amazing. It's amazing because, you know, and, and that's what we try to do is we try to balance the dark with whimsy and comedy. Like Hoggle, he's, he's, he's also a terrifying looking character, but he, you know, he provided comic relief, uh, you know, in that story. And he also had one of the biggest, like, sto like, like st character arcs where he, he, he was a bit of a trickster, but he, he, he formed such a friendship with Sarah that, so there was a, a lesson in his character. So we try to balance the, the dark and the scary with, with, with whimsy and comedy, but we're always, we always walk that line of, again, family-friendly scary, but never gory. That's the, that's the one thing you'll never see in a Henson film is gore. Uh, oh, and a Henson, uh, something from the Jim Henson Company. If you see it from the Henson Alternative, I can't make any promises. <laughs> so. That's fair. Well, you know, Bobby, I'd love to ask you just to interject real fast. You know, you, you are the winner of the Creature Shop Challenge. So I'm assuming, I don't know, but I would imagine that Jim Henson was probably a big part of your formative years as well. Is that maybe right? Maybe not? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I... I found out about the show, and um, they wouldn't tell me what uh, what uh, network it was going to be on, who was producing the show, and so I had to do a Skype interview. And they uh, they were asking me all these questions. And they asked me um, what uh, inspired you as a child, and I said the Jim Henson Company. And they're like, "Say that again." <laughs> so even like um, I, it's always been. The style that I like when I was trying to find my style, I would try to replicate stuff from movies um, like The Dark Crystal. I think I've seen the making of The Dark Crystal more times than the movie itself. <laughs> um, and pretty, you know, like the Muppet movies, and that's what I grew up on. Um, 
And that's what I loved about, or what I love about the style of the Henson Company is that it is that it's kind of almost too over the edge, but it's still friendly and it's, it has a soft uh, softness to it. Sure. And that's what I've always been drawn to. Sure. And John, you know, you, when you look at these photos, and then it's kind of amazing to have like these images compared to where we are here in 2016. Um, and and you're tasked with making it move, as we said. And I feel like this this guy this guy breathing in my <laughs> behind me is creeping me out. I love it. But uh, so so you're tasked with making these things move in in a certain way, and how these creatures move. Is, is almost half the, more than half the battle of, of achieving the scare or, or selling the fact that this is something that is alive. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, with um, any of these characters, like the character you're looking at right now, um, back in the day that took, you know, probably eight puppeteers to actually bring him to life when it's all said and done. Um, now with, with like Venue Magic and, and our old control system, which, uh, which Venue Magic has kind of replaced, um, we're able to do uh, up to, well, we can do now countless movements. I mean, on dinosaurs, let's say, I would, I think my, my maximum was like a 35 motor count per head. So you can imagine how many facial features you might be able to get out of that um, in that situation. So, you know, things, are, things have gotten better. Um, and I, and I say gotten better because when Jurassic Park came out, it, it, and the, the CG you know, stuff really stomped on us, on us pretty hard. Um, so there was kind of a dark period where we, we didn't do much of anything, you know, mechanical. So in the last, I don't know, God, I guess 10 years, there's been a, little, a, a good heavy resurgence of it. And like Jeremy says, the themed entertainment market is, uh, is amazing. The stuff that we've you know, been doing lately is... You know, it's, it's far, far beyond what I thought it would be, you know, at, at this point. So, sure. it's great. Um, this is maybe a strange reference, but I think it really helps with the family-friendly scary. How many of you guys have seen Muppet Christmas Carol? Um, so, Muppet Christmas Carol, I think, is actually a pretty faithful adaptation to Charles Dickens' story. And um, there's some great, I say this, it sounds silly, but there's some great scares in there. I mean, from Marley and Marley to, um, you know, the, the Ghost of Christmas Past and all these things. Were you around for that? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the evolution of those guys? Oh, boy. Oh. I worked on a couple of characters for that, and then it, and then it shot in England. So mm. I had to stay back. I think, I, I think we were still doing dinosaurs at the time. So I was, I was trying to fit that in in between seasons of dinosaurs. So I worked on a little mechanical head, and I forget the character. Uh -huh. Shame on me. But um, yeah, it was it was still real fun to see because we were getting stuff back from England all the time, and, and uh, yeah, it was. Well, and especially too when you're tasked with making a Christmas story, there are it's a ghost story. A Christmas Carol is a ghost story. There is no getting around that. And I feel like when you're tasked with telling a family cheery, friendly tale, but also having these creep these ghosts in there, that could be uh, slightly challenging as well. And and I think maybe that might lead into a conversation about the creative process. You know, because this is an ever changing. You know, whether it's tone, whether it's how far you can take things on TV, what's too real looking, what's not real looking enough. Um, you know, for you guys, when you're thinking about these creatures, whether it is family friendly, scary, or um, you know, turkey, even Turkey Hollow, which tur the Turkey Hollow creatures are over there on the far right. You know, they are um, not supposed to be scary necessarily, but if a child looked at that in the wrong place at the wrong time, they could maybe have a little surprise. So can you talk about, about all that? Well, you know, it's great that you mentioned Turkey Hollows. I think we've got a clip. So these are the original characters of Turkey Hollow. Um, this actually was, up until last year, was an unproduced vision of Jim Henson himself. He, he was actually workshopping this idea in the late 60s and for some reason or another it got shelved and they, they never did anything with the original character. So these are the original characters and as you can see they're, they're very Muppety and Sesame Street in their style and for us to do a holiday film with them, which we did last year, and we used these characters, so we used the original characters as the uh, inspiration as, uh, for the reimagination of the, of the characters and what you see on stage these are creatures, and what you see on screen are what we call puppets, soft hand puppets. 
So the creatures, they look more photoreal. And Bob, Bobby was one of the, uh, the designers that had worked with our creative supervisor, Pete Brooke, on this. And, you know, Pete, Bobby, like, what, uh, what was, when you were re what, going from this to that, like, what were you thinking about? Because no pressure, by the way. Yeah. An unfinished Jim Henson thing that he's been working <laughs> on for 40 years, and then no pressure to bring that to life. Uh, yeah, Pete, um, Reed, uh, he did sketches of all the different characters, and um, I took the sketches that he did, and I sculpted them in the computer first, and that's kind of how we started to get them into a three-dimensional world. Um, and then, once we started in clay, it was just going back and forth uh, with Pete and, um, and the director. Kirk, mm -hmm. and it was you know how far do you push it and uh, but I think we found like the the right yeah it, the right it's, balance and it. It, it's it's interesting is like being in those meetings that me from the, the 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 business and production side is seeing the creatives go back and forth on you know is the nose too big you know or are the eyes too close together are they are they too beady because it changes you know. Uh, Again, we want to walk that line of we don't we want them to be sinister and be uh, be creatures, but, but in the actual movie Turkey Hollow, uh, the, the holiday film was on Lifetime last year. They the, the characters they we, we made them the we wanted them to look photoreal as if you if you came upon them in a dark forest, it would freak you out. But once you actually got to know the characters, they were lovable you know, like so friendly, like they had, each of them had a different personality. So uh, we had to balance that with, uh, with, you know, with how they look, but also how, how like if, if, it, if one looked too dark, we've got to give it a different kind of personality to really soften it. You guys have talked a lot about, I think this is a really interesting point, um, the, the CG and and the live action right mm -hmm. the the actual tangible materials now for for fans you know we might be conditioned to hear cg and go boo bad no um because you know we want we want ludo we want to hug ludo you know what i mean but but i i would love for you guys to maybe elaborate a little bit more on not only how this helps you with your process but the the combination of of cg and live action which jeremy you mentioned is actually coming back into into favor now meaning that people don't just necessarily want oh just do cg they want the tangible materials as well no, and it's it's something that we've seen the last five years or so is there's starting to be an acceptance of this hybrid approach where it's it's practical characters on screen and in the, you know on production, but with CG enhancements. We saw a little a lot of that in where the wild things are, and where the wild things are those nine foot walk around suits were in the room with the with the little actor max i think was his name right john huge. yeah and they were huge and Mac and spike jones the director wanted the characters there in that space so that max can literally like hug that character and bounce around you know th that pile up that you saw in the film where the characters are piling on top of each other that's real you know when when they threw characters off a sand dune that was a stunt suit that we created that it had to be able to withstand the rigors of being of being thrown off of a dune and uh, but you still need to find the the emotion and the expression in those characters and that's where i think cg helps a lot is it, all the facial uh, emotions uh, that was done in post um, at frame by frame, they manipulated uh, the, the, the facial expressions of those characters. And I, I think what they did was they actually recorded the voice actors uh, acting out those characters uh, and, and their lines, and they took those, uh, the, the expressions they created during those recording sessions and actually replicated it onto the actual creatures. And um, so, you know, kind of going back to the creative process for, for John and for Bobby, um, when you all are, are tasked with like, okay, we're gonna do this project or we have to bring this to life, you know, do you, has there been something in the last handful of years where you were like, oh God, oh no, how, how are we gonna do this? Yeah, I'm doing one right now. It's like that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you what it is, but it's, yeah. it's kind of like that, oh God, sometimes Jeremy goes, hey, you're very excited, and, and we all get very excited, and then you, you know, reality hits, and you go, how the, you know, 
how is that really going to come into mission? We're starting to figure it out, but it's it's great. We are we are going to see a very well-known character come off of a page and be you know, in real life, which which I love. I mean, I love the the whole uh, hybrid CG approach. Uh, Wild things. We tried to do mechanical heads, and they were just so bloody big. Um, you, you you couldn't do it. I mean, the, the heads. You know, if, if I can get, keep a mechanical head under 10 pounds, it's doable. Those heads ended up being 22, 25 pounds, and it's just the whole mass of them. It, it made it impossible. So in that instance, thank God for CG. <laughs> so it's not necessarily a bad thing it's always. Not necessarily bad. <laughs> How about you, Bobby? You know, any, any time, I mean, your whole, uh, I'm, in addition to the whole show, where they were like, you have to do this, but in like three hours, you have to go, that was the hardest thing Bobby, I've ever done. Can you tell that story? Like, because was wasn't there one, I, maybe I'm making this up, but I thought that Jeremy told me there was like one challenge in particular where he was like, I don't know how he completed it. Or maybe that was all of them. They, they, these guys for Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge had like, what, two, three days? And, and Most were three days. Yeah, two. and just to kind of give you guys a frame of reference, when we go build a creature, say we build one nine-foot walk-around suit, it's, nine, it's about 12 weeks. So they had to do stuff that had to that had to be judged and look great on camera in three days. And that, that was the biggest challenge was you didn't know what they were going to ask you to do. So you'd go in that morning of the first day and then they tell you exactly what they want you to do and then the timer started. And you know, usually you have you know, a few weeks to come up with ideas. You can bounce ideas off of you know, 15 other people. But, you, I mean, you had no uh, time to design. You had barely enough time to build it. So you just kind of started making stuff and hopefully it all glued together properly. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, you know, if you had to make something that was six feet tall, you know, just start making arms and legs and hopefully somehow it'll all come together. So now that I'm working on other, pro you know, normal projects in the shop, it's. It's still a challenge, but it's... He kind of walks around sometimes and goes, what, what do I, I... There's nothing to do. I don't know. Six weeks? Oh, I could do this and I've done this. You know, Pete Brook and I, we, we designed all those challenges. It took us six months to figure out what they could do because we kept going, they can't do that in that much time. It's impossible. Okay, well, how about... And, you know, and the producers wanted this outlandish stuff and we'd, we'd always push back and say, no, they can't do it. It's not enough time. You know, and we wanted a week originally, and they go, no, no, some of these challenges are going to be three days. It's like, really, what can you do in three days? But these guys, bless them, man, they were amazing. And he, this guy's amazing. He uh, makes me feel even older. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, John, you've got a remote control there. You've got, is this not a remote control one? Oh, yeah, this is just a, a, a hobby unit. Anybody can go out and get and you know, I, I bring these because uh, I always inspire, or I would hope that people would be inspired themselves to go out and do the same thing. You know, if you've got an old RC car sitting around, um, tear it apart and make a monster out of it. Um, <laughs> that's what I would do. Um, um, so down at the end, I've got a, I've got a little skeleton, and he's oh, his battery's about right. Oh, he's just doing his own thing now. But um, yeah, I've let him go too long. Um, but yeah, that guy is radio controlled. The other, the other um, folks we have on the table, like I say, Venue Magic has a program for them. And I think we've got an old pup now. That puppet handle that you see there. Um, and guys, this is uh, Ben Holmes from the Entertainment Sciences Group. He's one of our partners. <laughs> this is actually a, uh, I don't know, oh, you guys probably can't see it, but this is actually a, an original turtle's handle back in the day. Um, oh, and this battery's starting to go. I should have done this first. Um, well, there you go. There's animatronics for you. But you kind of get the idea. And, and back in the day, Jim, Jim thought that it would be really fun to, to be able to, to make a mechanical handle that, that, that represents a puppet. And then that information goes off into the mechanics of a puppet, which is what we kind of have going here. Um, so like I say, when, when we're all done here, you're welcome to come by and check it out because this is a little bit of a piece of history, this old handle. You should see our new ones. We call them uh, gyro waldos, and they're amazing, you know, compared to that. But, you know, that still has its um, 
it's you know quite yeah these guys are all pretty amazing if I do say so myself um, so all right now we've we've sort of talked a little bit about about where the creature shop has been and where it came from but um, I'd love to talk to you guys about where it is going right because it's it, you know I mean from the technology the advances in in computer technology to the advances in practical technology um, you know there's there's a lot in store and um, if I may name drop one project in particular, the Witch Witch project. Um, how much can you? Well, I mean, it's it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. It's, so uh, it's Witch Witch is a uh, animated feature film that's in development at the Henson Company uh, that Billy Crystal's uh, co-producing with us, and uh, it, it, that's going to feature uh, again the Henson Digital Puppetry Studio system. But what's really interesting about Witch Witch is our approach to it. Again, we're we're our company's based in puppetry, so all the characters in this in, in this film, we want them to move like puppets, and uh, you know, where where our approach to the whole film is 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 still in line to even though it's an animated feature film, it's it's still gonna feel like puppets on screen. I may have seen the puppet. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, okay, but you know, let's talk about maybe uh, in addition to the, just that one project in particular. You know, where you guys see this kind of going? Because as I mentioned earlier, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, there is maybe a return to to hard practical with the combination of CG. But you know, what can you guys preview or talk about the technology sort of moving going forward? I think going forward for us is again we had mentioned that the hybrid approach is really um, an approach that's, that that's starting to be widely accepted in the film and TV industry. Um, so I think going forward, film and TV is still going to be our core business. But uh, you know, one of the areas that that again it's starting to grow is themed entertainment and live entertainment. Uh, uh, how many of you guys know uh, Dead Mouse or Lady Gaga? Like, the, the, those are the, the, those are performers that do a lot of like these big extravagant shows that utilize our creative services. We uh, create all the the headpieces for Dead Mouse. Um, when Gaga was touring, we would create giant creatures that attacked their stage and animatronic dress. Uh, I don't know who remembers the Grammys from 2013 when she came in on those vessels. Uh, that was stuff that came out of the creature shop. And, and uh, the, not a lot of people know that. Is that so uh, going forward, it's, it, it's, it's, it's still going to be, uh, I, I think there's, there's definitely uh, a, a demand for what we do on the practical side. But uh, the, the, the hybrid approach where we're able to do something practic practically and digitally is going going forward. I think in film, TV, and themed entertainment is where we're starting to see the most potential and a lot of excitement, especially themed entertainment. Themed entertainment, 10, 15 years ago, they were working with like just kind of the expectation of themed entertainment wasn't as as grand. But now globally, the expectation of when you go to a themed entertainment experience, it's it's something that it, you, you want to get blown away by. It, uh, you know, like you, there's a, a majesticness to it. So it's it's something that we've realized in the last five years that wow, like the the it's almost feature quality what they're doing in some of these themed entertainment spaces. And when you say themed entertainment, you mean parks and like yeah, that's parks. Uh, you know, exper experiences um, uh, like. It, We've done, uh, like globally, I think in, in the last four years, we've done four themed entertainment experiences with our digital production, uh, or with our digital capabilities, and we're, we're starting to do it now with our practical effects and our practical suits. So it's, it's really interesting that the level of a, a walk-around suit in a theme park is much different than it was when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So, and, it, and it's exciting because uh, what we do for feature films is is now what you want to see when you walk out and, and you visit a you know a Disney or Great Adventure or anything. Sure. And um, so we, I went through uh, I went through the old IMDb about maybe some stuff that might be coming up for you guys. And uh, you know, obviously, you don't have to get too specific with this. But um, we talked about which which. Um, can you guys talk a little bit, uh, as much as you can, say about Happy Time Happy Time Murders? Happy Time Murders. It's a feature film. Uh, it's it's not for kids. This one's coming out of Henson Alternative, I believe. It's it's a, a, a film that Brian Henson uh, conceptualized. He'll be directing it. 
and it's it, it's it, it's a, it's going to be a great project. It's uh, humans and puppets living in the same world, and um, it, it's something that's in currently in development, and uh, we're, we're hoping to start production on it in the next uh, year or so. Um, Talk about doing crazy stuff. See, there, there you go. Um, Brian Henson came to me and he went, oh, you know, for this one puppet, I want him to smoke a cigarette, but I want the cigarette to live, and I want it to be smoked within a, a couple of seconds. It was absolutely the grossest thing ever. <laughs> so you have a long cigarette, and we had to make it a little bit longer than, I guess, a normal cigarette. But, but Brian wanted it like 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, I guess, and, and to fall off, you know. That. So, so that's the kind of stuff you know you're thrown with all the time. Like, oh, can you, you know, sure, I can do that. <laughs> can you just create some magic for us? Um, and uh, okay, now this, Jeremy, we talked about this one backstage. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has allegedly been working on this Pinocchio movie, I think, for a million years. Um, and I love Guillermo, but he's attached to everything. Um, so we must take it all with a grain of salt. But when I think about Family, the potential for family-friendly scary in today. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of a Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio movie <laughs> sounds like it fits the bill. Um, obviously, this is still very much in development. This is not like a, a sure thing, but is there anything that you can sort of allude to or hint at with something like that? Great yeah. characters. I, 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 I think that's, that, that's what you, you should come to expect. Uh, right now, it is something that's in development, and the characters are going to—they're going to be—they're going to look great. And they're, they're, what you come to expect from Guillermo and from Henson is what you'll see. Uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> and you know, tonally, with with projects like that, whether you know, which which is for kids, um, Guillermo is Guillermo. I feel like he walks this fine line between, like, you know. Should a child watch Pan's Labyrinth? Well, it is rather violent, but it is ultimately a, a fairy tale, and I think something children could relate to. And then you have something like Happy Time Murders, which is for adults, as you said. You know, can you guys preview maybe tonally where you all see the shop going in, in the future? I think what, what's great about the shop is we can, ex we can explore all the different genres tonally. Like, the, the, like the, there's really not an area that the creature shop can't work in, which is fun for us. Like, if, if someone asked us as, to work on a third party project on a horror film, we could work on it because it's not branded Henson. Um, but then we also get to, uh, uh, within the confines of Henson internally, I think we're, we're, we're starting to see a growth of, uh, you know, we're, everyone knows us as a children's entertainment company, but uh, we're starting to do, you know, young adults, uh, more, again, more adult fare. Uh, Farscape is a, 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 a something uh, that, that, you know, that uh, fans of Farscape should look out for. You know, like, th those are the projects that, uh, along the lines of what we're trying to produce and create is because we know our fans have, have grown with us so we know that you guys are looking for, for stuff that you're still into today so um, and I, I know someone's probably gonna ask about our legacy titles I can tell you that all of our legacy titles are always constantly in development there's always some kind of new um, uh, like an expansion of the world either through comic books or novels uh, that, that you guys can expect from us because we, we know how, like how near and dear those titles are to you guys like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and uh, you know for John and Bobby you know as, as Jeremy was just saying you know working in these different realms whether it's for children or whether it's somewhere in between or whether it's for adults for you all creatively can you talk about you know does that excite you is it is it a, or is it kind of just sort of like well a project is a project or is a project it's very exciting. I can't wait to get up to do it again. Um, I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up and you know, can't wait to get started on it. I have the very best job on the planet. I'm very blessed. It's a great company. It's a great name. Um, very creative people. I get to work with this guy every day and he's, you know, he's amazing. You should see. I can go, hey, just paint this zombie head. I come back in 20 minutes. Like, hey, what do you think? I'm like, oh, it looks fantastic. Um, so it's fantastic. And this guy just keeps me going all the time. He's always got something going. Always. There's never a dull moment. Oh. Well, I try. Yeah. <laughs> never. And, 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 you know, I, I, I'm the guy that 
can that has to get the jobs in, but these guys execute it. Like when when we when you know a project comes in and and we finally got got through all the paperwork, and now it's just the creative. It's so fun to see these guys go to town and just like something from a piece of paper, a design from a piece of paper, and then in a matter of weeks, really see it come to life, and then to see it be performed. That, that's what's really, I think, the most fun for me is seeing the character come to life. Because we talk about it for weeks and sometimes months, these characters, and then when you actually see it, and then when you see it on screen, and in that first bit of footage, you're like, wow, like you guys did that. That's, that's great. You know, that's amazing. Bobby, how about you? I mean, like, you know, is there, you know, in terms of in terms of going from, as we said, children, maybe in between adult, like, is there, are you, is this exciting? Is this an exciting time for you? In addition to the fact that you work for the Henson Company, and that's really cool, just in general. I, I like John said, I love my job, um, and I came from the theme park industry, um, so I worked a lot with, you know, I was in Disney Imagineering and. I worked for Universal and SeaWorld, um, so this is the first job I've had that really focuses around film and television. So, for me, it's just cool when I turn on the TV and I see something that you know I made. Um, I'm not used to that, but the other cool thing is that we do deal with you know anything from animatronics to hand puppets, and I've learned so much about so many different techniques since I've been there, you know, foam fabricating and mold making and, you know, making a creature like the turkey hollow puppets is totally different than making a foam puppet. Mm -hmm. And just, um, that's what's, I guess, cool coming in every day is that you never really know what you're going to be asked to do. And even in the course of an eight hour day, you might be doing 10 different things. Um, so it just, it keeps you on your feet. Sure. So for our lovely audience, we have a couple of minutes for questions. If anybody uh, has a question, please raise your hand. We have people with microphones who oh, wait, will... Wait, can I say one thing? Real yes, quick? please. Um, happy anniversary to my wife, oh. Connie, right there. Yeah. She has to put up with all this nonsense. I love that. That's how lovely. Um, now, do we have? does anybody have a question right off the... Up in their heads. Oh. Uh, yeah, I had a question about um, outside of puppetry. What are the um, other like movies or TVs that you kind of keep going back to for uh, either uh, for ideas or for inspiration? And how does that work into your process? I mean, I, I still watch The Dark Crystal, and you know we have all the puppets there in the shop, so I'm around it all day, and I still watch it and get inspired. Um, I have tons of uh, like Cinefix, and um, I buy movies just for the behind the scenes. I don't even watch the movie. Um, but even just, especially being in Hollywood, um, everyone's in the industry, so no matter where you go, you go to a party, you go you know, anywhere, there's always people that are in the industry, and you get in these conversations, and you, you feed off of you know, their energy and you know what they're working on and gets you back you know gets you excited about you know something that you might not have been excited about um so i think just being around other creative people is the most important thing to keep you um creative <laughs> look at everything Every, everything is i'm a huge fan of planet of the apes you know the old one um, so I, I'm like a complete nerd for that stuff um, still. Uh, the, the Reanimator was my first movie I worked on. Um, and, um, I love it. I still, I still will watch that movie and kind of chuckle. Um, my wife won't watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> well, you probably shouldn't, but whatever. It's, uh, it's a lot of blood in it. And that's the thing. You know, I came from that kind of background of, of, uh, of gore. And I like gore. It's, it's, it's all got its place. But I did it for so many years that once I got to Henson's, it was great because we don't do blood. And bloods are like sticky and messy and nasty and you have to clean it up. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Does, do we have another one? Uh, this isn't so much a question as an observation that the Henson Company has done an excellent job of taking famous stories and turning them into Muppetized things. You mentioned a Christmas 
Uh, Carol, I also loved Muppet Treasure Island. I love that one too. It did for for a Muppet thing, and you look at all these weird characters. It's amazingly close to the story. It's a wonderful job, and I just wanted to thank you for that type of thing, getting the uh, classic old stories out there and doing putting with a new fresh touch on them. Pepe is my favorite Muppet, FYI. <laughs> He's not a shrimp. He's a King Brock. Uh, <laughs> do we have another question? Um, now that Disney is doing more work with the Muppet franchise again, are they gonna, do you know if they're gonna be making any more movies that are like that, that are Muppet retellings of classic stories? I won't know, I don't know, but we're, D Disney wholly owns the Muppets, so we don't have any uh, uh, any say or, or, or any knowledge of what they do. Um, we don't own the, the, the Muppets was a franchise, and everyone mistakes, still makes the mistake that Henson still owns the Muppet franchise, but Disney now wholly owns it, so I, I, I would hope so. You know, I, 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 hope, there, I hope there are more uh, uh, Muppet movies, and uh, I was actually a fan of the Muppet television show. That was out, so. And I think there was another question right here. I know that you had mentioned um, oftentimes you guys are commissioned by third parties to work mm -hmm. on stuff, and you're also using source materials for a lot of your films, but do you ever get a chance to kind of work backwards and just design something or build a new mechanic and then retroactively fit it into something? Oh, you know, that's something that we, I think, talk about as an idea in the shop. But with, uh, we just never have the time. Like I, I know sometimes we would just spitball, be like, "Hey, what if we create a robot and it did this and that?" That's, and then, that's yeah. what these guys are gonna be. Yeah. And I know. I know that I've got some battery issues right now. But um, as time goes on, now that they're this far along, um, I used a human skull as a platform. So all the mechanisms are the same basically in all four of them. And what that's gonna enable us to do is is push that a little forward as we get time. Um, but yeah, absolutely. When we, whenever we can, can squeeze some time in there, we will absolutely do that. So that's so you'll probably see these next year, but they'll be dressed up as a different way and whatever. Yeah. Is there any possibility that you're doing more work with Disney in terms of maybe Star Wars Land or um, Pandora or some other Disney venture? Uh, as a third party, as like a vendor, that's always a possibility. We're, right now, we're, we're not doing any of that work with them. But uh, again, we're always as a as a work for hire. We're always asked. Uh, we have the benefit of having the Jim Henson name and the the the, the years of of of, of uh, you know having this great reputation of creating characters and bringing them to life. So people, we're, we're always on the short list, which I, I know I'm always happy about, is that, you know, it, to us it's an honor to get called to, when people, and you're not having the hustle to try to get that job, and people actually call you, like, and, and, and when they're on the other end of the phone and they say, we thought about you guys instantly, we want to work with you, uh, and that, that to me is an honor. Uh, that, that just shows the strength of, uh, of, of the brand and also the work that these guys do. Like, that, that's, because it's really these guys that make it happen. It, it, you know, our, like, it, we, we have these small teams that work in all of our three shops, and then we, we grow as needed when we have these big jobs come in, but it's, it's the people uh, and these artisans that, that come in and they create, uh, which is really kind of like the backbone of what we do. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping if you, if you know someone at Disney, have them give me a call. <laughs> How about right here? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I have a couple of questions for you, John and Robert, and for my son over there. <laughs> Since your expertise is, is, is based on digital technology, and uh, computer technology and robot technology. I wanted to know if the uh, holographic projection could have a space in that kind of features. Oh, how interesting, holographic. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Absolutely? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, I wanted to ask you something too, son. Uh -oh. What is, what is the possibility of that being recognized in the market and being such in the entertainment industry? 
Do you want to go first? Because I, I, I got to answer this no, question yeah, for you. Okay. You're dead. You better. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's a, so holographic technology is something, and it, it, it might answer both our both my dad's questions. Is it's something that that, that we at our at our shop we really identified it as how do we incorporate new technology into what we do? And this is something that we're always constantly trying to do either at the LA Creature Shop or at the Digital Creature Shop. We're trying to advance uh, what, uh, what we do forward by incorporating all these new technologies. Um, uh, you know, before uh, John kept mentioning Venue Magic. Uh, Venue Magic's a programming software. We had never used it. And now, utilizing it, there's it's unlimitless possibilities as to how many functions John can give an animatronic. Uh, holographic technology, to answer your question, Dad, is uh, is something that we are looking at. Um, I, I know we, we played around. It, 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 this is more of a projection technology in the eyes, yeah, um, but it's 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 definitely something that's very recognized and growing in recognition in the entertainment industry. Uh, you know, one area that we, I, I don't think I mentioned is virtual reality and AR. That's that that that's like, right now. It's like the wild wild west. You know, everyone, all these uh, companies uh, are trying to develop and create content for uh, AR and VR. And so, I, and I think most times people don't even know what those two mean. And um, it's, but it's, it's an, another area that we're starting to grow in. And because of our digital technology, we actually have the leg up. We've, uh, we can, uh, like, we're actually set up now with a really robust system to do VR. If you all, yes, if you all, I'm saying it right now, ever make a labyrinth VR, I will never leave my house. Like, I would never, it would be my birthday party and everybody would come over and put on a headset and they would just, but every day, I would never leave. I want to be Sarah so badly. Okay, any other questions? Do we have any other questions? Hi, my husband actually worked on the movie Labyrinth, but I see you guys are still referring to them as uh, puppets. He said that Jim, like to refer to them as characters. He, he did. They, they were characters. Uh, well, and, and for Jim, all the all, all the whether they were creatures or puppets, they were always characters because for him, it, like they were so near and dear to him. Like, and it, so someone had asked earlier, uh, you know, do we ever create characters without any idea of putting it of, of it being for a film? Um, the, when Jim was alive, I, I, I hear all these stories from people at the company that had worked with Jim, especially at the creature shop uh, uh, that, that got to work with him. And the, Jim would just let people R&D a character for months to years. And that, that it was just a, it, like that was kind of the, his approach. And, uh, and yes, they, they're all, we even call them characters. Uh, you know, like anytime some, uh, we're working on a project, we always refer to it as a character. We never refer to it as a puppet till it's actually alive. And it's actually in front of us as a, as a, as a puppet, but it's a character, yes. Well then, uh, do you guys have a favorite creature or character that you've designed or collaborated on that's especially meaningful to you that just like sticks into your mind as being special? Dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. Dinosaurs? Uh, yeah, no, I love all those characters on Dinosaurs. I thought being on set with those day in and day out, and that was such a grueling. I never did so many animatronic uh, characters. Thank you, because you spanked us for that. Thank you. That's good. Um, that, that show is, I mean, if you go back and watch it, it there's never been, there was never anything like it, and there's never been anything since. Um, it was a real magical show. How about you, Bobby? Um, I haven't worked on nearly as many projects as John, but for me, I would, the two characters that I did for Jerky Hollow, it was the first um, big project that I worked on when I started at the company, and it was uh, a project that Jim came up with, and you know we had the original puppets that he made in the shop to work off of, so that's, that was a really kind of cool experience. Do you have one, Jeremy? Well, um, it's it's actually funny. I didn't work on dinosaurs, but it was it was something that when when I got hired at the company, they asked me. They asked every. Uh, they don't. I don't know if we. It's a thing we do, but they, you know, they asked like, "What's your favorite Henson property?" And 
I think the traditional answer everyone says is the Muppets. Or, and uh, for me, or Fraggle Rock, it, but for me it was dinosaurs. Uh, dinosaurs has a, a, a near and dear place in my heart because it was part of a TGI Friday lineup. And um, I, I remember it was like the one time in the week where I knew my whole family would like sit down and watch TV together. So like that's why dinosaurs always stood out to me when when I when I w applied to the company I was like man like dinosaurs like I'm gonna work with the company that di that worked that created dinosaurs. Is that true, Dad? Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> Great place to end it. That's our time. Thank you all so much for coming. Some days you eat the bear, and some days the bear eats you. But always dress for the hunt! Come to the loose! Surround yourself with the magic. Okay, bye.